Part fourteen of Thorstein of the Mere by W. G. Collingwood. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter thirty seven Thorstein sees ghosts. And so, friends, said King Domnail, ending his speech, we betake ourselves to the great road under Blencathra, and if the men of Athacliath come in peace, it shall be peace, but if in war, war let it be then all the northmen took their weapons and shouted aye to what he had said and the meeting broke up and men moved away in groups towards the deep dale that led northward from legbathwaite some sought their horses and some were for lading their gear and everything was in hurry and turmoil hundy said thorstein leaning on his brother's shoulder seest thou yon fell they call it the ben in their tongue, the fell folk, and up yonder are the houses where the beauty lives, and behind it is the giant's castle where I was with, with her that's gone. Little did I think when we fled away over fells and dells and mountain moors how it would end with all of us. Leave thy maundering, man, and come to see what uproar is yonder, said Hundy, for among the men left behind by the main guard, there were shrieks and shouts that seemed to mean no good. It was but a step, and they found among the rough followers of Domnail, struggling and crying, who but Alwyn, whom they rescued, not without hard knocks. But still she went on like one wild, and it was long before they could get reasonable speech out of her. As they led her away, sore against her will it seemed, in spite of the mishandling she had got, they heard her story bit by bit. What came out was this, that she had gone like any other to the camp where the Welsh king lay, and coming to his tent door was for marching in. Who but she had the right indeed, but within was another woman, with two sturdy lads at her knees, and a fair woman too. Who is this? says the woman. Who is this? says Alwyn, and shows her the collar of gold that certain lover once gave her, with that the wife bids her be gone for a slut and then alluin gives her words and gets to blows and in comes domnail with little love in his looks and to make short work of it turns her out to his rascals they're nithing cries hundy thorstein said little but set his teeth and growled remembering what was heard and said at all clyde but when the fell folk that dwelt about Armboth heard the tale, Alwyn's own neighbours, whose pet and pride she was, you may guess if they vowed vows and threatened threats. As they shook their weapons, Hundy plucked his brother by the sleeve. We do no good here, said he, and may come to harm. Hie thy ways along with me, and we are shamed men at the tryst. So they got off without leave-taking and footed it down the dale that we now call the Vale of St. John, for their nags were gone in the tumult, and not a soul in sight. Along the old road they passed, bemired as it was with the trampling of man and horse in that foul weather, and at every wath the beck was a torrent. But since the track lay fairly high on the fell side, it lay dry, if aught was dry, and was not lost in swamp like the flats in mid-dale. In the space of an hour or two they spied a great flickering of weapons and things waving under Blencathra, 
and guessed that the kings had already met and spoken each other fair and were now settling down for the night for they could spy tents going up and smoke starting and so in a while they were among their friends supping and singing round a fire in the open until men dropped off one by one to sleep where they sat but thorstein slept little for thinking of aluin and her wrongs she was as it were a ghost of his old life come back from the dead and little ease it was to think of those times and then again of these for thinking of aluin he could not but think of raniach who was dead and how he had loved her and how fain he would be if he could but get the sight of her face once more ah my dear he cried half aloud and opened his arms and turned over on his side for his heart was sore within him but only the heap of snoring soldiers lay around under blencathra and the lowering cloud and yet what was that face that flitted over the heap gleaming in the red glow his blood ran cold to the finger-tips and he clenched his hands he had wished and his wish had come to pass it was her ghost he thought for ghosts come when they are called the hair tingled on his head he was so terrified then he shut his eyes tight and drew up his knees and doubled his arms over his face and lay there for a while still as a hedgehog when it is scared and curls itself up at last the terror began to die away he said to himself that it was but his own thoughts his eyes had seen and he could not help looking again there was a gap in the clouds and a star the fire was not so bright nothing did he see beyond the men who lay around though he fixed his eyes on the spot where the vision had been as if he dared it to come again but it came not by and by there was a stir behind him as of the wind rising in the trees he turned sharply round and there but it was gone again and once more he lay quaking with cold in all his limbs and in his heart an agony which he could not understand like a child when it is beaten for something it has not done and cannot tell the truth blank misery as when one is utterly spent with sickness he lay staring at the black cloud overhead and it was an ugly thing coiling over him he shut his eyes and dreamed over the days of long ago of the wild proud slip of a girl that hunted and fished with him at greenodd of the poor little ugly blubbered face that leaned over his when he was a child captive in the giant's hut on the fells the tears that made dirty watercourses among the freckles how he remembered them and every eager feature he had loathed at first and loved ever after he brought to mind how he had opened his eyes after his sickness weary and lazily and then chapter thirty eight raniac's story hush she said don't crush me or we shall stumble over yon snoring swine hither lad away with me into the wood it was always our hiding-place dost thou mind thorstein why what a man thou hast grown but i knew i should tell thee among them all wolf dark as it was kiss me thorstein am i woman enough for thee now am i bonny folk say so but i'd have none but thee heart of mine thorstein thorstein my boy 
my little hurt beaten boy ah but i will comfort thee laugh lad never greet kiss me oh thorstein kill me not i am only a woman and thou art a great strong man the queen told me about thee they say she wept for a day and night when thou wast gone until olaf the carl gave her a slap and bade her be merry if thou couldst but have stayed until i got there it was but a few days silly lads to run away from friends and yet thou wouldst have loved the bonny queen and poor raniach was but her bower may but fain our fain to serve thee and her anywhere anyway but it was so long a coming lad oh me i am losing my wits only have patience and i will tell thee all as it happened there loose me a while and let me think orm it was orm said i must tell nobody but i'll tell thee sweetheart orm said thou wast over sea and bade me come so i went i took all our bravest things to make a show at the wedding he set me on shipboard and bade the skipper have a care of me and signed farewell off the shore and then the waves beat and the wind blew and eh my head worked and the eyes came out of their pits they thrust me down among the bulk and among poor wretches that howled and groaned in the bilge water and i could see nothing for sickness the ship whirled and flew and fell into the depths of the sea oh lad i was sorry for thee in those terrible ships and i prayed and prayed to have thee safe on dry land and there were poor welsh lasses and a two or three saxon ones worse off than i with hands tied and i loosed them i did and then came the skipper and clouted me over the head and tied us all again and i was mad with him and begged and shouted but he laughed like orm when he kicks his thralls and bade me be at peace or he would throw me to the fishes eh hey, did hurt to have one's hands tied didst thou ever have thy hands tied thorstein and kick and scream at people the other poor wretches laughed at me and said things but i could make nothing of their talk and so i was stilled for anger and weariness all that night well when it was day i was no more sick the water was lound and the men were rowing us to shore then they gave us food and the skipper said i was to look bonny for i would fetch nothing on dublin strand and shame it were if all his labour and all the money he had spent and the care he had taken of me should be thrown away he said we should be very thankful to be there at all for in the storm of that night other ships had gone to the bottom of the sea i could not hit him for my hands were tied so i spat out the food they put in my mouth and i looked as ugly as i could and he beat me oh man i was angry then they shoved us over the side of the ship and set us down in a great crowd of people but i was too dazed to take notice at last came a fine lady that was the queen understand king's folk have first wheel of the wares in dublin town i was the wares thorstein think of that lad i couldn't think but i cried to her in my own tongue i'm not a thrall i'm not a thrall i am thorstein swainson's sister what girl said she and i said it again then there was a deal of talking with the skipper and my hands were untied and they tingled all over and i could feel nothing with them but i made shift to creep after the queen and she led me to the king's house and oh she was good to me and it was a bonny spot if it had not been for the men-folk plaguing there's none of them like thee lad 
i could tell thee things about yon olaf but what's the good i am woman grown now and bonny and i can sew and bake and brew and everything thy mother will be pleased with me now and orm won't he be surprised are they all hearty thorstein and that young lass does she still play her tricks on folk how did they call her astis thorstein's arms fell and his knees smote together what's to do lad three days since i wedded her thorstein she cried in a terrible voice and thrust him away from her and fled he fell backward like one that has got his death stroke chapter thirty nine orm pays it was high day and he lay there slowly coming to himself and recalling that dreadful nightmare as it seemed bitter sweet at last he staggered to his legs and drank at a beck that ran through the wood every one was gone from the spot where the camp had been and whither he only knew that orm would be with the northmen faring homeward he loosened his sword and thrust it back again and stumbled along the road he had come but yesterday at legbethwaite the northmen had halted to hold their thing once more to talk over the business that had passed and finish the work they had on hand on the mound the chiefs were assembled within the hallowed ring that no man might profane thorstein leaned on the hazel rods that stood as bars from stake to stake to encompass the place someone was speaking in slow steady tones and men were listening in the rain with grave faces intent upon the speech arm swainson come forth news for thee ha <laughs> ha cried a voice breaking the quiet of the assembly and there was a haggard man with bloodshot eyes beckoning strangely forth stepped orm what now youngster said he raniach is come again and that's for thee screamed thorstein lashing his sword through the throat of his brother where the coat of mail left it unshielded a wolf a wolf in the temple they shouted and rushed forth but he was gone headlong down the bank and across the lake foot and into the woods on the other side on the rugged slopes of the ben End of part fourteen